0: All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And this week, we're getting a chance to have a little sneak peek preview of the upcoming Future Ready Nebraska conference, where we'll be featuring a number of speakers, uh, one of which is Alyssa Melaspina, who is joining us for today's conversation. Alyssa is a school librarian. Uh, she's also a school board member. And uh, she was recently named by the Library Journal as a mover and shaker for being a change agent uh, as a school librarian advocate. And so with that librarian focus being one of the key strands at the Future Ready Conference, which is on June 13th and 14th this year, which you should register for uh, if you haven't already be excited to have you join us for that event. Yeah, we are honored to have Alyssa to speak as a part of that event across a multitude of sessions and also to have her on the podcast today. So Alyssa, thanks for joining us for the pod
1: thank you i'm so excited to be here and i'm excited to come to nebraska it's my first time so i'm looking forward to it and i can't wait
0: well and if you're curious about the name of the podcast that is our state's motto the good life so you'll be able to oh, live I that for
1: know a few days that.
0: Days. yep See? you'll be able to live that for a few days when you come here and visit. I, so we'll look I, it. I can't wait now
1: <laughs> New Jersey, we're called the Garden State, and I mean, there's some gardens, but its I think the good life is a much better motto. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll uh, be excited to welcome you here coming up in June, and uh, and also uh, really looking forward to learning a bit more about your message here today. And so, in our brief conversation before we hit record, we started just talking about how I think that there is a little bit of a perception of what it means to be a school librarian, and then in practice, uh, as someone who was in the classroom as recently as the last two years, I understand that that role is incredibly different from what people might assume. And so, uh, with that being Said, I'm gonna I'm just give you a little bit of the floor. Listen, is this the truth?
1: It is the truth. I always joke with people that people think that as a librarian, all we do is sit around, read books, and eat bonbons all day and shush people. <laughs> and if anybody knows me, they know one, I'm the loudest person in the room. So all the kids will be like, how can you shush us? Miss Malaspina, you're being loud. And I'm like, I know. Libraries, I don't believe should be quiet all the time. It's a collaborative space. It's a space where you're learning and and working together. And at times, I'm not saying like, we shouldn't have study areas or quiet spots, but it should be a place where a community space and and in community spaces, it's not always shushing. I hate when I have to do that because that's not what I believe a library should be. Um, I also think that we spend a lot of time on technology, a lot of time on technology. We are like the first line of defense when it comes to technology. So if a computer breaks, they come to me first. And only if I am like, really can't fix it, does it go to my IT people. And my IT people know that. Like I have a little sign in their wall that has a picture of me and it says like honorary IT member because I do most of the work for them. (laughs) Or at least that's the joke. And that goes with teachers too. So like integrating technology, I'm the first one that I'm the one that's helping them to integrate that technology. I'm doing a lot of that stuff. Librarians, we spend a lot of time trying to get kids to read, but it's not the full focus of what we do. We also talk about digital citizenship, being good digital citizens, uh, a lot of time on talking about social media and not doing wrong things on social media, a lot of time on alternative facts and learning about how to consume information correctly, Um, research skills, all of that stuff is where librarians play a big role in that process. Books are awesome. I love them. I promote them. I do all of that, but I almost never get a chance to read, honestly, in my library uh, because I'm so busy doing other things.
0: Well, and you parceled out a number of the topics that I hope that we can discuss a little bit more in detail, actually, over the course of today's conversation. And so uh, with that as being, we'll just take that as a list. And I love the portion where you mentioned that our school librarians sort of carry this IT tech integration specialist role, which may seem a little counter to the thought of having more of that tactile book presence. But so Chris Hefner here in Nebraska, actually, I was in a conversation with her at one point in time. And she had mentioned that that is because when technology first is integrated into the educational system, it started in the library, right? I
1: I was just talking about that. It's hilarious. Like, why I became a librarian was I was a history teacher previously in my other life a long time ago. I was a history teacher, and I was like the first one to show the internet and computers. And I would like roll it in with the cart to and hook it up to the TV to you know to show the kids like, look, kids, here's how we use the internet. And I wanted to learn more about that. Well, at that point. How could I learn more about it? The only way to get my master's degree to learn more about technology was to become a librarian because that was the only place in the school that had any technology at that point. So I went back for my master's in library science, but I concentrated a lot on technology integration in that. And that's really where my passion has always been. So I've always augmented reality, Maker spaces, all of that I've always had an interest in it and worked in because I want to learn about it. And, and I think what librarians and others need to learn, and it's something that you know I do all the time with my kids, is I teach them, I'll be like, hey, that's really cool, or that like is a cool website. Let's learn it together. Let's try it out together. This might be cool for your project. And and I think we spend a lot of time. When you have that type of environment and and the library is a place where we can experiment more than, say, a normal classroom that has like a set curriculum, I think that that leads to a lot of tech integration and all of that happening.
0: It likely, I'm going to make an assumption here, but it likely started in the library as well because technology at first was leveraged because you had access to resources and to information that you couldn't otherwise, you know, now we just pull it out of our pocket, Uh, And it seems like it's more accessible than it was at the time. So then with that, it it is also no surprise that that digital citizenship piece would have its roots in the library setting as well. Because for many, that might have been their first exposure to the Internet, or at least in an academic sense. But then also when you're talking about the credibility of sources. And so um, let's chat digital citizenship for a minute. I feel like that's an umbrella for a lot of things like mm-hmm. that fit underneath that. Could you sort of break down this idea when we say that librarians are advocates for digital citizenship and what it means to be online in a safe, respectful, responsible way? What does that look like?
1: So I'm going to put on my school board hat for a second too, because the other thing that I do is I, I'm on a school board for the district that I live in. In New Jersey, you can't be on the school board for the school district where you're teaching. You have to be on like for where you live. So I live in South Orange Maplewood, so I'm on their school board, which, by the way, I need to say legally that I'm speaking as myself and not as the South Orange Maplewood Board of Education, so I have to say that somewhere. But we get HIB reports. In New Jersey, there's a harassment, intimidation, and bullying law. And every month, we get HIB reports as to what is going on, and we have to certify them and deal with that and it, it takes up a big portion of our time is looking at these reports and in that it'll, it'll talk about like what happened well let me tell you 95 percent of those that we get are related in some way to social media a kid harassed another kid on social media so you know a kid went to a bad website a kid did something wrong. And it's a problem. We know it's a problem in our society. We know it's a problem in our schools. Well, who's the one that's the best trained and has the most training on how to deal with that is our librarians. We should be the first line of defense in how to educate kids on that. And when you have a librarian, you have somebody that can help to hopefully educate them so you don't see those hibs that the board of eds are seeing and and the problems are getting that far and that the principals are getting involved in and the fights are happening in the schools because of we want to stop that and the librarians are uniquely qualified to be able to do that and to help talk about these things with our kids so I mean I think that that's something people forget about a lot we are here to help you
0: yeah, and I would imagine, I know with social media, right, it was like from Facebook, you know, there was the rise of Twitter, which was then the rise of Instagram right. or Snapchat and then all the way to TikTok and things change uh, yeah. fairly quickly. And so uh, how, as a school librarian, do you stay updated? Because it I find even the best of tech integrationists, it, it is a challenge uh, sometimes while you're in the rhythms of your day-to-day, you're also doing the school board role. Uh, and so how do you stay on top of things?
1: So it's hard and I don't always stay on top of things, but I try to be where the students are because you try to reach the students. So you try to be where they are. So I did have a TikTok channel in my old school and I would just promote books on it. I wasn't doing all the TikTok dances. I don't get TikTok sort of like I know how to make content for it, but I still am like lost as to exactly why it's there. But a lot of people are, that's where the kids are right now. So, you got to be there. You got to try to figure out there's really great library TikTok communities. There's people doing like amazing stuff there. But it was funny because the other day I was talking with one of the paraprofessionals and she was telling me the story about how a friend of hers had, I, I, you know, I knew she was mad at me when she removed me from being able to see her location on her phone. And I'm like, what why would you want to see her location and she's like well that's what we all do we all share our location with people and I was like and she's young and I was like no this can't be so a kid's walking by and I'm like hey do you do this and she's like yeah we all do it and then I was like what why are you guys doing this this isn't good and then you know like so we got into a conversation about why is this happening so while I didn't know about it, I like was able to learn about it and then have the conversation with the kids about why it might not be good to always share our location with everybody. I get if you share your location with your parents because they want to know where you are, but maybe not with friends or a boyfriend or a other person because that's, a little creepy, but, (laughs) and so it led to this discussion that I wouldn't have had otherwise, but it's also one of those things that it's just via discussions that I learn things because I don't know everything or do I try to.
0: In in addition to things like that, right? Like capitalizing upon that teachable moment as it comes up and is presented by the students in that real-time setting. Uh, in what other ways is a librarian able to help students be smarter when it comes to their social media practices when sometimes that's kind of taboo in a school setting, right? There, there for quite some time was this sort of separation between the school building and the social space.
1: So I've spent a lot of time talking about the good ways to use social media. So we know that social media is out there. We know that our kids are on it. There's no way to get around it. We know that it's used professionally. We know that people are using it all throughout their lives. So instead of being like, don't go on social media, it's bad. Come on, we're all on social media. It's let's use it to put our best foot forward. So it's talking about how do we use it responsibly? So in the high school, don't post stuff that you don't want people from colleges to see if you're getting to the time when it's time for you to apply to colleges, make your stuff private. And I would talk about examples of kids who lost scholarships and all of that because of things they said on social media. But I talked to them recently about the idea of using social media in a research paper, because now social media is a means of quotable sources it's a source our politicians and others are using social media like twitter and stuff for their speeches and all of that and it's primary source so i talk about ways to use it well ways to connect with authors connect with an expert in the field you can you know now tweet where you in the past couldn't do that as easily So social media has some really, really good things. It's just using it correctly. And so that's what I sort of talked to the kids about is that aspect of it.
0: One of the points that you made in there that resonated with me was to think back to sort of the evolution of those types of support conversations, right? There was a time where we were like, it is not good. You should put everything yeah. on private, never put your stuff out there. And now uh, people are making entire professions out of doing so. Uh, and I also joke sometimes, and this is not to pass judgment. I'm just making a side comment about things, but it, it's fun as a uh, early nineties kid. At one point in time, the idea of being a sellout yeah. but where if you're monetizing your art, then that was a negative thing socially and you might lose popularity because Or where now that concept is lost. Oh, yeah. I mean, Why that's... would you not monetize the thing that you're good at? Which right. I, I could, I see both sides, but it is funny to uh, think about how these conversations evolve, I guess is what I would say.
1: And, and, and I think that that's it. I mean, like, I think that we have to think about technology not as a horrible thing and how do we use it to our advantage? I mean, I've gotten like interviews you know um i've gotten book deals and all of these things have come from just my social media and that's what society is today so so we have to teach the kids how to use it well instead of just being like no don't use it
0: well talk to me then i guess real quickly to build off of that point what are some things that you've done to, to advocate for education through social media? It's a little bit of a pivot from our librarian conversation, yeah. but I also appreciate uh, when we get into spaces like this on the podcast where our audience is predominantly educators, uh, trying to empower them to uh, share their story, their voice, uh, and the good work that's going on in the education community.
1: So social media is, to me, the place where I show what I'm doing in my libraries. It's my place to promote the work that I'm doing. I can take a snapshot and be like, "Look at all the kids in the library today," you know, working on this project and uh, doing research, and I can control the narrative in a lot of way of what's people are seeing in my classroom because my administrators are walking into the building. You know, they walk in for two minutes and they leave for an observation or something. They don't know what's going on throughout the day. One of my favorite superintendents, who I still love um, and miss greatly. He said to me, listen, I don't have to worry about you. I know what you're doing. I just look at your social media. I know what's going on in your library. And that's incredible. You know, and to have school board members following you and other educators following you. I mean, as librarians, especially, we're the only ones in our building most of the time. So I can't go up to you and be like, hey, what do you think if I should weed this book? Or is it too late? Or I'm looking to like, redo my research project. Um, You know, I don't have another teacher that I can fully bounce ideas off of because they don't know exactly what I do. But how did I learn all the things I learn is from other librarians who are sharing them on social media. That's how I have connected and grown in my profession is via social media and all of that. And I think that that is such an important thing that we seem to forget at times. And social media helps you to do that. And librarians especially, we love to share. So we talk all the time about what's going on in our classrooms and share ideas and share lessons. And I can reach out to my friend in Iowa and my friend in Texas and figure stuff out. And so I think for me, it's, it's been a great thing.
0: You know, and I think sometimes anyone feels like what they're doing has to be exceptional or innovative to the nth degree in order to be justifiably shareable via their social media. And I can tell from your answer there and and people that can't see, see us, uh, you're shaking your head. No. Right. Because it, it is so much about. Given the principal a window into your classroom, like you said, given the school board members a window, the parents a window into your classroom, given others who maybe the practice that you've been doing for 10 years is the next step for them to move forward in their own work. And maybe they ask you a few questions and give you some positive feedback as somebody from outside of your school system. You connect and the next thing you know, you're learning from them and there's a reciprocity that, that can get fostered over those relationships. And it is really powerful when you start to get into those spaces for reasons that, Certainly, are the exact opposite of self promotion or trying to uh, present yourself as it is really an online learning community. uh, And something that I would encourage everyone to take part in to the degree that they're able to and have the interest, obviously. Uh, But it's,
1: I mean, I I tell everybody, sorry, I tell everybody that the best PD I get is from social media. You know, me scrolling through Twitter 15 minutes a day and some library Facebook groups and stuff like that is where I get most of my. PD on a daily basis because they don't really do PD for the librarians in the schools. <laughs> We're always the ones that are forgotten about. So I got to go somewhere else to learn. And
0: well- Sorry, and I think something that you mentioned there, too. Someone put this together with your comment. What you said previously about your principal saying, "I don't worry about you; you're good." I see the things that you're doing, and I think sometimes for a teacher that hears that as their feedback often enough, still needs something to push them and to spark new ideas. And that would certainly be another avenue through which uh, to get some of those right.
1: Oh, all the time. I call it, and I'm I'm air quoting. I call it. I steal all the time from other people because you know, I'll be like, oh my God, that's an awesome idea. And then I try doing it because I find it somewhere else. Most of the stuff I've done has morphed some way from another idea for that I've gotten from somebody else. And I think we all do that as educators, you know, but to me, I've gotten a lot of my ideas have come from other people that I wouldn't know about if I hadn't found out about them on social media or other places.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to put you on the spot then a little bit here. Not in a scary way, but I'm going to ask, what is one thing that recently you would say falls into that category? Something you picked up maybe through social media or a contact that you have through there that you've implemented and been excited about?
1: Ooh, there's so many. So many over the years. Um, One of the more recent ones that I did was... The idea of this tough talks, tough subjects bookmark. So what it is, is suicide, teen pregnancy, drug abuse, all of those topics that affect our kids, but they don't really want to talk about and be like, Hey, miss, you know, come up to you as a librarian and be like, Mrs. Malaspino, where's that book on teen pregnancy? And so what I did is I made a bookmark and I, and I totally stole this from somebody else, but I customized it a little and it has all of the Dewey decimal numbers for all of those topics that somebody might not want to ask you about, but is important that they know about. And then on the other side of the bookmark, I listed like the suicide hotline, teen pregnancy information, all of the like services that are available to help. And so I have those out for the kids and I've seen it, what I want to do, and I haven't done yet, but I've seen done is that they make it into a poster and they just put it up. So having something like that is something that I totally stole from somebody else, but I just feel like it was such an awesome idea that I will always do it because I just think it's so important.
0: My mom actually is retiring at the end of this uh, week. This is her last week as a school nurse. And in a role where she doesn't give out grades, Mm -hmm. uh, she is able oftentimes to be just a friendly ear and a conversational support that's accessible at any time uh, or most times. We got to be careful. She's, she's pretty busy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. uh, Now, especially.
0: Exactly. What a few years for her to to take her career on. Uh, But uh, would you say the same is true about being a librarian? Uh,
1: I completely think that it is. I spend a large percent of of my time in a counseling type of role with my students because a lot of times this is the place where they feel safe at and the place that they have somebody that they can talk to and i have relationships with the guidance counselors and others and a lot of the teachers and if the kid is struggling some or needs a place to calm down they'll come to the library for a little bit and you know i'll be there to talk to them and and, and be there for them and you always see the kids at especially at lunchtime that don't feel comfortable being in the lunchroom for whatever reason. And so that library is that place where they come. And so I provide that space for them and that welcoming environment for them. And I let them be there because I feel like that's my job. And so through the years, I've gotten to really get to know my students on a personal level, because I've created an atmosphere in the libraries that is conducive to that. And I really think that that is so important for our students.
0: Well, I will have one more question coming up, but it is an opportune time maybe to pivot very briefly and say, Ooh. if you enjoyed our conversation today, we would love to have be in attendance, whether that's virtually or in person as part of the Future Ready Nebraska Conference, which is taking place on June 13th and 14th. Uh, you can still Ooh. register at nefutureready.com. And we would just be really grateful to have you there as a thought partner and someone that we can share with and learn from as a part of that event. And so to the last question, then we referenced it earlier, you as a school board member and from that school leadership advocacy lens. uh, How long had you been in the class? So this is probably two parter. How long had you been in the classroom slash being a librarian prior to joining the school board? So
1: I am 20-ish, 21 years, 22 years into my career, but I'm only 12, so I don't know how that's possible, Um, but I've been an educator for a long time, and so it's over the last I've been a school board member for the last year and a half. I started on January 6, 2020 was the day that I was sworn in to the school board. And since that point, I've been really learning a lot about that role too. And so I have this very unique and different perspective now on everything because I'm seeing it from both lenses. And I was also administrator for a little while of a supervisor of librarians and of technology. So I come at it from these, like this perspective of being an educator, being a supervisor an administrator, and now a school board member. So when I'm making decisions on the school board or looking at things, I have this unique perspective that I can bring to things. And I I found it to be very good. It's challenging. It's hard. The work is hard, but it's very important. And so my goals are always to be that change agent and to try to advocate for change and to advocate for students and teachers to be successful in their schools. And so where else could I do that? I needed to find a place to do that because I was becoming really annoying at the school board meetings, yelling at them about like what they were going to do. So it was time to step up and be the leader and be behind the scenes pushing for the change. And so I think It's weird that I'm one of the only ones in the nation. I'm the only one in New Jersey. And I think I'm one of the only ones in the nation. If you're listening to this podcast and you're a school librarian and a school board member, like, please contact me because I want to know. But it's given me a really good perspective on a lot that's going on, especially recently with book challenges and stuff like that, because I have this unique perspective of seeing both sides of it.
0: And that was going to be my, my, I think you said this up beautifully because you were talking about advocating for students, advocating for teachers, and again, change agent in that role, obviously, as you are as a librarian. So the national media has brought a lot of attention to teacher turnover, teacher retention, teacher recruitment, topics of that nature. Uh, And so do you have any thoughts or something that you would advocate for as kind of our parting message for today's pod? regarding that topic, now being able to speak from that school board lens as well. Not for the school board, as we talked about earlier, disclaimer, speaking on behalf of (laughs) myself, however. Speaking
1: as behalf of myself and completely as myself, I believe that too much administration and school boards and stuff like that get in the way of good teaching way too often. Politicians and others get in the way of good teaching we are trained professionals. I have my master's degree. A lot of you guys, you know, the people in here have taken education courses, taken classes. We know our students, we're with them every day. And we get a lot of time hampered by the politics, the outside world, and what's not best for our kids. And we end up having to do it. And that has led to a lot of the turnover that we're seeing and and a lot of the situations where our voices aren't heard or the feeling that, you know, we're not being able to make the changes that we know are best for kids. So when I'm making decisions on the school board, I look at that lens, what is really best for the students. And I wish people were allowed teachers to do that because I feel like that's been taken away recently like in the last even in my 20 years of teaching I've really seen the diminishment of us as professionals or the respect as professionals
0: uh Alyssa I appreciate your advocacy for that message for all that you've shared about being a school librarian and uh, as you said uh, a mover and shaker <laughs> I, I
1: know it's, it cracks me up <laughs>
0: Uh, and, uh, once again, I'm excited to get a chance to visit with you in person to welcome you to Nebraska, to live a good life for a few days, uh, and be a part uh, of our conference here, June 13th and 14th. And so, uh, thank you for your time to chat today and I look forward to talking with you again soon.
1: Thank you.